Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And we were just discussing who uses the most toilet paper. It's Dory by a long shot. Okay, she thank rarely you. rarely replenishes the supply in the bathroom. Not true. I think it's very true. Okay. That's why, just what I wanted to have. I wanted to have a podcast about toilet paper. Why are you opening Remember? so antagonistically? It's annoying it's when you do this. It's about toilet paper, honey. Is it, though? It is. It's never just about toilet paper. It's always about toilet paper. Mm, I disagree. Did we ever figure out why everyone needed toilet paper during the pandemic? There was a shortage. Was it an actual shortage? Yes, it was. And what caused the shortage? <sighs> the supply chain. Everybody's answer for everything now. <laughs> well, it's true. Sorry, can't. Supply chain. What? Yep. You want to hang out? Can't. Supply chain. Oh, God. Hey, annoying dog. Let me tell you. Right now. You know who's the worst at keeping our two children out of here? Holly. <laughs> <sighs> I get it. They're overpowering. Mm -hmm. They overpower mm -hmm. me sometimes, too. 
Henry's yeah. a little terrifying. Like that little shit when you see the little shadow come up on the curtain and then the bang of the of the glass. Mm-hmm. It's like a little Halloween movie. Yep. I have a little psycho. Yep. Um, What's new with you? Well, do you want to restart and get rid of the toilet paper thing? I can. No, it's if you, fine. If you're like actually offended by it or no, something, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Thank goodness. Offended because that was quality podcast content. <laughs> oh boy! Everyone's like, wow. <clears throat> Finally, somebody's talking about it. Your standards have really gone down. They've gone Bill. down because I haven't, you know, existed outside of this room. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I just do podcasts here and there, and then never look at anybody's reaction to those podcasts. They could be like, wow, this is terrible. And I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. It's kind of fun. You know, because I haven't been on Twitter in forever, et cetera. Well, you know, Elon Musk bought it. Uh, that I did know, because I do read the, I do read, I get news, you know? You get news, okay. Dory signed up for Apple News, uh, which is a great aggregate, because the whole family gets to use it. Apple News Plus. Yeah. Really is fantastic, the way that it gathers all these sources and you can like you know subscribe to topics like the red Sox or disneyland yeah i actually find it to be pretty well done except when they show me the same story for like five days and i'm like guys i already read this like you don't need to keep showing this to me oh i always assumed that was just because it really wanted me to read it and i still refuse no there there's like a couple stories that keep showing up and i'm like i read this days ago but have you thought about it today is what is what the app is i've been forced to um anyway no what i was gonna say is uh did we talk about the footy pajamas last week on the podcast i'm trying to I feel like think. we did anyway henry said on the star trek podcast yes because we were talking about pajamas and and what did he say? he just said i want pajamas that cover my feet well i said i was saying because like they put jolene blaylock who was on enterprise she played to paul they had her in like what i would describe as the most ridiculous pajama situation ever mm. it was like a low-rise pant and a belly shirt oh that seems not. And she's a Vulcan. And it's like, hmm. that's ridiculous. Also, that ship looks real cold. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we were talking about that to Henry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, I was like, what do you think? Do you think it's, that's a good pajama? Or do you want pajamas that cover your legs and, oh, and body? And he's like, cover you. Want cover your feet. And I'm like, you want pajamas that also cover your feet? He's like, yeah. You know, we did talk about it because we got an email about it. Oh, well, that's a restack for anyone who's catching up this week. Yeah. Um, but I got him some footy pajamas secondhand because I was like, I mean, he says he wants them, but what if he puts them on? And he's like, actually, I don't like having my feet covered. Like, You know, he's in his tiny sleep sack right now. Why? Because he, he got the big one wet. Oh, you didn't throw it in the laundry? I put it in the laundry basket. Oh when I found out it was wet when I went to put him down for a nap. Oh. And then I went to get him the, another big one. He's like, no, I want this one. He doesn't have another big one. Oh, anyway, I put him in there and I'm like, like, but is this too small for you? He's like, no, my feet reached the end. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I got him four pairs of 
kicky pants pajamas secondhand five dollars each these are expensive pajamas they cost like 38 dollars if you buy them new and dollars each what a deal what a deal and he loves them the first couple nights <laughs> he was like he would not stop talking about how he was wearing a onesie not he, he was like these are not pajamas this is a onesie yes and then <laughs> one time he had me hold it up like in front of him yep and then he goes it's so beautiful yeah it was striped it was a striped <laughs> one and he really thought it was beautiful <laughs> oh gosh that was that was really it's really special speaking of is he trying oh, to up oh, he turned away oh he doesn't he doesn't care for us no he looked he's like he's like stay i see a little his little muppet shirt and then oh he, yeah like, and then he then he disappeared well i told him that i i couldn't stay in his room because i had to go do work and holly was here to play with him mm. and he i don't know if he didn't believe me or which part the bed you doing that work? i had to do work yeah well he was already like upset that you weren't at nap time oh yeah i had a headache. I mean not upset but like just couldn't wrap his head around like well when's she gonna be done mm. done resting he's like yeah i'm like probably while you're napping mm. oh bo needs to go out now they really they both have FOMO. They both have FOMO. Yes, they do. Like, a, like, like, I don't know what they think is happening. Like, do they think that, like, I think Bo thinks that this room is full of cheese. <laughs> well, you do often eat in here. Henry, I only eat lunch in here. It's but it. he likes to, he likes to follow you out here. He does follow me out here. Like, he thinks that there's, like, uh, some sort of bounty headed his way. Yeah. When, in actuality... Hope your Halloween weekend is going well, everyone. And uh, I know that uh, Henry doesn't have school on Halloween because <laughs> of Los Angeles, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Although other L.A. family, other L.A. parents were very Come confused. in. Do you think that, that he can't lift that door by himself? It's a heavy. Oh, there it is. That Hello. little smile. That little side smile. Hello. Hello. Holly, I was saying on the podcast that you're terrible at keeping Bo and Henry out of here. I didn't know that was my job. It's not. I mean, you can't, oh, I can't when did you want Bo in here? Well, hello. First of all, hello, Henry. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, yeah. Uh, Bo came in. Uh, I don't know how long ago Bo came in. Ten minutes ago. Yeah, he came in right at the start. So eight minutes ago. Eight minutes and twenty-one seconds ago. <laughs> Yeah. Henry. Oh, yeah. How was your nap, Henry? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Do you like that it's red right now? Because it's recording. That's why it's red. Why? Because it's recording. Why? Because we're actively recording. We're doing a podcast right now. Yeah. And you... what does that say? I just heard a stuff. Yeah. That's from last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, Henry. Henry, before you go, could you tell me a little bit about your new pajama situation? No. Oh, you don't want to talk about your onesies? You don't want to talk about your onesies? No. Okay. I need to get back up. Okay. 
Henry, uh, thanks for being a guest. We appreciate you. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote before you leave? No? Just, I guess, follow him on uh, social media, Twitter. Probably got a show on Roku now. All right. That was quite an adventure. Oh, boy. The mood swings are real. Yeah. He's been, he's been in a weird mood today. Well, you have been saying that he's been in a very sweet mood mm-hmm. lately, mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if it translates with me because he, you know, his sweetness is like uh, he likes to bite my face off. Mm-hmm. Still, mm-hmm. he's just looking for. He human. really bit my head like hard. He bit my forehead like a ravenous dog. Hmm. I'm sorry. It's okay. I told him that, you know, we don't bite people. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to if we're going to quote unquote bite, we're going to use no teeth. How'd that go? I don't uh, I don't know. He started ripping my nose off with his hand. Mm. He switched it up mm-hmm. in fairness. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he does it to me sometimes, but not as much as you. I do like that he's like, "Here's your nose." Like you really, he thinks you're really panicked about where your nose might be, mm, right? <laughs> and he he has saved it. And I given gave it, it back, back to you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that is pretty funny. How's your week? Um, n- n- not bad. How, how about you? Okay, I noticed that uh, this week, lately this week, lately this week, you've been out and about as far as your exercise mm-hmm. you've been like leaving the house mm-hmm. what prompted this you know it's funny i talked about this on forever 30 well welcome to forever married to matt <laughs> um i was just kind of like seized with the desire to work out a little bit more mm-hmm. and like incorporate some strength training into my routine and also some running yeah. So you, I've been doing these. Do you, do you know what caused this? Mm, I mean, there was no like precipitating event. Mm. Um, I tried out this class at my gym that was like a strength class. And I was like, oh, yeah, this like I used to like doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it's I like doing it in the class format. Yeah. It's also cheaper than getting like a personal trainer, which I can't really afford right now. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was sore for like two days. And I was like, that's right, because I haven't done this in so long. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing. I was like, I want to do more of that. And then the running thing, like actually part of it is like, part of it is trying to like increase my stamina at tennis. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I feel like, my strokes are pretty good and I have like good instincts, but I'm held back a little bit just by like sheer physical limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, you know, if I like increase my strength and I get a little bit more endurance running wise, like I'll probably just play better. Mm-hmm. So that was also part of it. I, uh, I was wondering if it was just like a weather thing. Because oh, it only it, logically makes sense now to go outside. It's also a weather thing. I was actually thinking about this when I went, because I went running yesterday during Henry's nap, mm-hmm. which is, you know, 
early afternoon. Like it's pretty warm. It's yeah. like the part, peak warmth. Peak usually. warmth. And I was like, it's warm. It's not oppressive. Like I was fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, if I tried to do this like a month ago, no way. Mm. You know. Also, I got a new, um, got a running belt with a water bottle. <laughs> she sure did, everybody. So. What is happening? I don't know. Do I even engage? No, I think we ignore. Oh my god! Um, he's got a lot of. He's swinging a lot. Yeah. He's. he's I don't know. As you heard in his latest interview. <laughs> I wonder if the weekends are hard for him because it's like they're great in the sense that he well, gets more time with us, but it's also like you said that he you think he's developing the Monday blues. The, the Sunday, Sunday scaries. Sunday scaries, whatever it's called. Yeah. I made up another thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did feel like he was getting the Sunday scaries a little bit last week. So maybe uh, this is a manifestation of that. Maybe. Because he's very aware of time. He's very aware like of time. Like he knows what today is. Yes. And yes. what tomorrow is. Yes. Although because he doesn't have school tomorrow. Right. You would think he'd be ready to seize the day. Yeah. I don't know. His nap was weird took him a really long time to fall asleep and then, well as he said to you his body wasn't tired even though he was like exhausted yeah um and then he, his nap was like kind of short and then he called me back in but then he wanted to go back to sleep like it was just like what are you doing bud last night night terror he had a night he had his first night terror last night first one he was aware of that was sad I think he had them before um so yeah i don't know i think he's just like you know he's three and a half he's like growing and his brain is like yeah got a lot of synapses firing yeah. new pathways being new pathways and so it's hard you know i think i think it's hard to be a small person like you're you're changing so much constantly mm-hmm. it's got to be stressful but he still fits in his astronaut costume thank so. god he so he had said he wanted to be a giraffe for Halloween. Giraffe, giraffe, giraffe. Mm-hmm. And then come today, we went to this little like trunk or treat thing at a classic car museum. And it was, you know, kids could wear costumes. And so I'm like, okay, giraffe. And he's like, no, I want to be an astronaut, which was his costume last year. He's like, next year, I want to be a giraffe. And I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. I went to great lengths to procure a, a giraffe, giraffe costume. costume for you. And, but you know, whatever. I was like, all right, well, let's see if your astronaut costume still fits. Thankfully, I had not gotten rid of it. You know? Yeah, that's true. It did hang in the closet for yes, and the, the entire hel- year. and the helmet. Yeah. Uh, but it fit. And I did remember that last year it was a little bit big. So, yeah, know. now it fits like perfectly fits tailored spacesuit, which is yeah. good. You don't want any air. No, leakage, of course not. I know. mean, now he's ready. It's a pressure suit. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Look, email us, Dorymat at Gmail or Matt and Dory Gmail. Leave a voicemail, 416. Nope. 431. Nope. 416. Nope. Hey, baby. 413 461, baby. Wow. A little dyslexic, but that's okay. That's okay. All I'll right. I'll be right back. Be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, everyone. We're back. Good news. Henry is okay. He just bounced a golf ball off the concrete and it hit him in the cheek. It was a light up golf ball. And I said, did it light up when it hit your face? He goes, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't think actually happened. No bruise to be seen. No redness. Just a sad, just a sad, sad. Oh, he was crying. Who? Yeah. He's uh, he also wants to know what, when I'm going to be done recording. (laughs) Anyway. Oh boy. Let's get to you guys. Our listeners who keep the show going and keep us. Sunday funnin'. (laughs) 
All right. We got an email from Anonymous. Hi there. Long time. First time dealing with secondary infertility right now and chose our clinic based on accessibility to my husband's work. It ended up being a place with an adjacent parking garage and they validate parking. Whoa. Humble brag. This is in downtown D.C. where parking isn't plentiful or cheap. And now I think about how lucky I am to not be paying for parking all week. Wow. As I go in for monitoring four times for an IUI I'm having this morning. On the other hand, we did a bad job at selecting a place with a quiet and effective masturbation room. My husband just called to let me know how loud and distracting it was, but he never thought to ask before today if he could collect the sample at home and bring it in. So that's on him. Well, I mean, it's on all of us, really. (laughs) Wish us luck. I hate bringing up two triggers for Matt again, but this is a brand new clinic. So I was hoping the technology and sample rooms had changed. Oh, no, it never will. I don't think it ever will. I like that. Maybe if I could inspire change at one clinic with this podcast, (laughs) that would be Uh, worth it. um, And this anonymous listener has had five to seven Costco hot dogs this year, two adults, one five-year-old and a senior dog in 1500 square feet in a DC suburb. TV in the living room is 62 inches too big for me, Mm. but the largest that fits in the space, 48 inches TV in the bedroom. We almost (laughs) never use unless we're sick. I love that it's like 62. It's too big for me, but it's the biggest one that'll fit there. <laughs> uh, we also rarely watch the one in the bedroom unless this, we're You sick. know, I thought about it last night, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't because I was going to suggest it. I was going to suggest we watch Bake Off. In oh, I would have fallen asleep. We would never have recorded. No, no. I would have I fallen asleep 100%. There's something about that Bake Off that's very comforting and uh, sleep inducing. Yes, and if I'd watched it in my cozy bed, yeah, I would have drifted off. Although it would have saved me a night on the couch. That's on you, my friend. No, no, I decided to sleep on the couch because it was late. I was like, Henry's going to be yelling for me. I'm not going to hear it unless I'm next to his room. <laughs> um, yeah, I woke up at like 3.30 and Matt wasn't there. And I was like, I, I remember thinking... I really hope he's not just still sitting in his office playing video games. There's a there's a great chance I would have been out here playing Gotham Knights. But I, well, that like that thought did cross my mind, and I was like, he better he better be going to sleep. And then I was like, I hope he's on the couch. But I was too tired to like actually get up and check. <laughs> Had you gotten up and checked, that would have been like above and beyond. It would have been. It's not not going to go above and beyond. Sorry. Um. All right. Meeting expectations. Yep. We did finally get some emails about the secret half-brother situation. We have been waiting three weeks for emails on that, I believe. Three weeks, yeah, something like that. All right, secret half-brothers out there. Thanks for finally writing in. What's going on? Well, this is from Aaron. Um, She says, I wanted to talk a little bit about the family secret signal from episode 398. I really feel for the woman who was likely made to give up her baby for adoption in the 60s. The same thing happened to my mother in the 60s in Australia. And they currently estimate that between 100,000 and 200,000 girls, quote, unwed mothers were made to give up their children for adoption in the 50s and 60s in Australia. I can only imagine what that number was in the U.S. Matt laughed inappropriately pretty insensitive, Mm -hmm. and then later mentioned a few times that this woman might just feel guilty, presumably because she gave her son up for adoption. I wanted to shed some light on these situations back then. Hearing about her son is likely a massive reminder of the shame and rejection she had to endure when this situation happened. My mother never got over the experience of shame and rejection. She was 18 years old and in the Navy, and in those days when you got pregnant in the Navy, you had to leave. The man who got her pregnant lied and said she'd slept with other men. Her mother came and picked her up and took her to another state to a home for pregnant girls. 
And the final cherry on the cake, there was no discussion. The baby was going to be given up for adoption. The ongoing rejections and shame she was made to feel pain me to think about those days. And then the secret she was made to keep about it, the horror of it all. I hope this gives you and other listeners a different POV to consider in relation to this situation. It's a really tough one. I really feel for this woman. To the anonymous emailer, tread lightly with your mother-in-law. Your partner could stay in contact with his brother and not build too close of a relationship, but could choose to bring it up in a few years and see how his mother feels about it then. Her feelings and wishes are valid, and her pain from this situation was and obviously still is very real and present. And to sign off on a happier note, I was recommended to listen to your podcast just this year from another friend who had done IVF to get her first child. Right from the get-go, I was hooked. I love you both. I've binged everything, and I'm excited to have finally ca- to have caught up, but now sad that I only get one episode a week. I'll have to join the Patreon. <laughs> yes. Well, there's six episodes a month right now. <laughs> Still trying for my own science baby. Now 44. I just had my first transfer from eggs. I froze at 39. After three unsuccessful rounds at 43 of IVF with 13 embryos that all tested abnormal. Wish me luck. House. No idea about square feet. Three bedrooms in SoCal with my husband, two Canadian Sphinx cats, and one 14-year-old rescue pit bull who's going deaf and is a lot more anxious these days. We've had a lot of behavioral issues with her that remind me of your challenges with Bo. Hot dogs. None by your count, Matt. By my count, I've had about six plant-based dogs. TVs, two of them. 35 inches and 50 inches. Best of luck to the emailer and everyone else. Uh, yes. Sorry about my insensitive laughter. Maybe it was just story of my life. Maybe it was just nervous laughter. Uh, I don't know if it was. Why would I be nervous? I don't know. Maybe you just didn't know how to navigate these big emotions. Well, as I said, this woman is just has tremendous guilt. Yeah, it's all sad. Sadness. It's sadness. Yeah. Um. Thank you for this. I didn't mean, by the way, guilt in that she did something wrong. I just mean guilt in that. I think you meant shame, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like a deep, a deep sadness. Yeah. Which, as a Catholic, I equate to guilt. Mm, I see. Um, all right. We got a couple more emails about this. Uh, this is from Liz. Sorry for being a week late to the secret half-brother signal. The anonymous listener should absolutely forge a relationship with his new half-brother and should respect his mom's wishes by never letting her find out. This is like, this is a juggle. I don't even know. I don't even know. It's like, that's a lot to ask. That's a lot. My situation is similar, but a little different. When I was 32, I gifted my parents and two siblings with 23andMe kits thinking it would be fun to compare the genetic traits, like who has always been a heavy sleeper and who drinks a ton of coffee, all things that show up on 23andMe. Instead, I inadvertently forced my mom to confess that she and my dad had used sperm donors to conceive all three of us kids, all by different sperm donors. At the time in the 80s, it was a very hush-hush process. My parents did not select the sperm donors, and the doctor just took care of it all. When my mom eventually told me, it was clear that she felt it needed to be revealed before they died, while my dad still believed there was a strong chance that we were biologically his and was hoping to take the secret to his grave. Wait a second. I think she means it was clear she felt it needed to be revealed before they died. Yeah. Meanwhile, my dad still believed there was a strong chance that we were biologically his and he was hoping to take the secret to his grave. So he was... Aware that 
They were using donor sperm, but still believed that the kids were biologically. Could have been. Like, maybe they used donor sperm, but then they also had sex, so it was, like, un, like unclear. Yeah, 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 I guess so. It's interesting. My father never looked at the 23andMe results, so he is still in denial, and we never brought it up again. Interesting. Oof. However, I found a half-brother around my age and connected via phone and email. He was in the same situation as I was, where he was surprised to find out by 23andMe that his parents also used sperm donation and only told him when they were outed by the genetic test. Jesus. We shared several emails and then met up in person when I was visiting family nearby. He and I don't live near each other and have settled into a routine of sharing Christmas cards and keeping up maybe once a year. I hope eventually to see him again occasionally if we move closer. I look at it as a fun bonus relationship. I told my mom about meeting up with him, but I've never told my dad since I'm happy to respect his denial. My mom was in the middle of her own 23andMe drama. She always knew she was adopted, but through 23andMe, she connected with her biological mom's family. My mom's biological mother went on to marry someone else and have a family with four daughters. The mom had since passed away, but her siblings and children never knew about the pregnancy that she gave up. Her four later daughters, my mom's half-siblings, were shocked about the revelation and came to it with different attitudes. Some very happy to get to know my mom and some who didn't want much to do with it. My mm. mom also spent time visiting her biological uncle and got to see family albums of her mom as a kid and hear her mom's whole life story, which I know brought her a lot of closure in the end. So that's it. You never know what kind of Pandora's box will open up when you do a simple genetic test. <laughs> simple genetic Sorry test. for the long email. Wishing all the best to the listener with the new half-brother. Liz in Chicago. Three kids, a few packages of hot dogs, and a projector TV. That is... A wild, uh, whatever this is. What is this? Brave New World kind of a thing? It's like. Yeah. These are things that people never thought were going to be revealed. Yeah. Which makes it like doubly insane. And then also like, it's interesting. Like, I bet there are people out there who's like parents like didn't even think to not take the 23andMe test. You know what I mean? Right. Because <laughs> they just it just didn't occur to them. Or they've know. been in such deep denial for yeah. so long that like yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. This is this is this is wild. And then to find out that you and your siblings are not all fully genetically related when you thought they were, you know what I mean? Like it's it's one thing to know from yeah. the get go, but then to find out when you're like in your thirties, like that's just it's just kind of a mind fuck, I think. Hmm. It's very strange. It's very strange. Very strange. Yep. <sighs> um, Matt, do you want to read this next one? Sure. It's from Anonymous and someone who spells Henry's name with an I. I like it. Henri. Uh, hello, Matt Dory and Henri. Sorry for the long email. Feel free to cut. Guess what? We're reading the whole thing. Responding to the secret adoption story from a few weeks ago. Strangely, I was in a similar situation when I was a teenager. My mother informed my brother and I that we were half sis that we have a half sister we never knew about. My mother was young. She got pregnant from her then boyfriend her first time. When she learned about the pregnancy, they were broken up. She told him he did not believe her. She never told anybody else at the time, not even her mother. She left her rural small town and came to the city center under the pretext of taking a year-long domestic art course. <laughs> Jesus. She had the baby in secret and was pressured into giving her up for adoption. After many years, they found each other through an adoption agency. Wow. 
My half-sister was an adult then, in her 30s, and very curious about her origins, her biological mother and father. My mom had a lot of pain and shame regarding the whole event. She was reluctant to give details about the dad. She was afraid of his reaction. This frustrated my half-sister to no end, and her insistence caused some friction. My mom answered questions, but best she could, and she informed her close family. But she didn't want her extended family, cousins, friends, the town where she grew up, etc., to know the story. She was very much in fear of being judged and kind of stuck in the mentality of the times. Can't imagine what she went through so young, alone, away from everyone and everything she knew. And this has marked her profoundly. With time, the secret, uh, in quotes, was more known by people around us. The more you get to know this person, the more you want to include them in family events. And then you have to explain to everything who they are. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It's harder to contain the information to close family. My mother felt better about talking about it, but it came in stages and took many years. Still today, she wonders who knows and who doesn't when she visits her hometown. It's hard for her. My advice to the husband in the situation would be to respect the boundaries of his mother regarding this fear. Maybe just tell her that he will initiate contact with his new sibling, but that he will not share personal stories about her with him or talk about the situation with anyone else if she doesn't wish it. I would remind her that I will that I uh, will be discreet about this as long as she wants, uh, but she can change her mind at any time. Ask questions if she wants. I think this will go a long way to reassure her, and maybe she will get more comfortable with it. Honestly, once this information is out there, it's very hard to contain. I imagine these restrictions would be very hard for everyone to accept. On the side of the adopted son, too, I would explain at the beginning of the relationship uh, the promises made by the husband to his mom and keep. Uh, faith that with a lot of time will get better. Hope that helps. Sorry about any mistakes. English not my first, is not my first language. Well, you did that incredibly well for a person who English is their first language. Oof. A lot of heavy stuff here. Yeah. And I don't know. I just like I don't know. I mean, it's, it's 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 an interesting sort of conundrum to me. In what sense? Because it's like, you know, the mother tried to just like move on and, and sort of bury it mm-hmm. and tamp it down. Yep. And that has worked for her for, for X many years. Why not kick? Why, why, why kick that? hornet's nest well she doesn't want to kick that hornet's nest. i know nest. i'm just from the sun's pov yeah i hear that i don't know i mean i think there's like a there is a natural tendency to want to know your people who you have a biological connection with hmm. also he was an only child like he never had siblings and right you know this is this is an interesting twist so Um, How are we doing on time? It's wild. We can take a break. All right. Let's do that. Be right back. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And we're back. Home stretch. Here we go. All right. We got a very interesting email. I would say that the, all the emails we've gotten so far have been interesting. Yes. Well, this is on a totally different subject. Mm. It's from Anna, who says, I've been meaning to write for the last six or seven episodes, ever since a listener asked, quote, whether cord blood freezing is a scam. I work in a pediatric oncology and bone marrow transplant center, and I'm here to say scam is a strong word, mm. but freezing your newborn's cord blood is not something we recommend. Mm. It's expensive and it holds out a vague promise that this action on the parent's part will somehow make a difference if severe medical misfortune befalls the child. It's an enticing promise for new parents mm -hmm. desperate to protect their baby from all future ills. And the marketing very much hammers away at this point. The fact is, aside from a select group of families with a sick sibling or those participating in certain clinical trials, freezing cord blood is pretty pointless. Mm. The basic idea is that you bank stem cells, and if your child ever needs a bone marrow transplant, BMT, instead of getting stem cells from a donor, you can transplant the person's own cells. The thing is, if a child is in need of a BMT, then almost by definition, the disease is in their stem cells, so there would be no point of transplanting them because you wouldn't solve the problem. BMTs are done for cancers like leukemia, which in childhood and to some extent in adulthood have a very genetic component. They're also performed for hematological diseases like severe forms of sickle cell and immunological deficiencies such as SCID. In all of these cases, during a BMT, a healthy donor cells are transplanted to replace the sick cells of the transplant recipient. The donor can be an adult or donated newborn cord blood can be used. The latter is, rich, is small in volume but rich in stem cells, which can be advantageous. But the cord blood is only useful as part of a public bank. Mm. If you froze your co child's cord blood and they needed a BMT, you almost certainly couldn't use it. The theoretical exception would be if your child somehow needed a BMT for an extrinsic rather than intrinsic reason. There was a nuclear disaster, for example, that Yikes. was severe enough to destroy their bone marrow, but mild enough that the medical system remained able to provide extremely complex pediatric <laughs> care. That's unlikely, to say the least. There are also autolog... Logus own cell BMTs for many diseases, but you don't use cord blood. You can harvest the stem cells from the patients themselves. Mm. Now, just a pause here uh, for yeah. me to say, I have heard people say that they are banking stem cells like for a potential sibling to use. Well, that they she's this person said is no, she didn't say anything about siblings. Yeah, it is. She did. Where? Uh, Aside from a select group of families with a sick sibling or those participating in certain clinical trials, freezing cord blood is pretty pointless. You read it. It's a second. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, yes. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on. <laughs> Finally, many clinical trials have attempted to leverage the stem cells in cord blood to solve other medical problems. Stem cell transfusions have been tried as a cure for Alzheimer's, hair loss, everything in between. 
Promising results have been few and far between, and no such therapy has yet been brought to market. There's also a lot of research on universal stem cells and reverse engineered stem cells. The idea is that you could either produce stem cells industrially that would work on all patients or be able to take a skin or muscle cell from a patient and turn it back into a stem cell. Both of these approaches would replace the need for cord blood banking in the already extremely unlikely scenario that your child would need stem cells. Any way you look at it, freezing is unlikely to benefit your kid and donating is very likely to help someone else's. So, regarding a scam, strong word. It doesn't quite do what they say it does, but it's helpful. Yeah, I think, yeah, she's saying donate to the public bank like we did. Um, Adults should also sign up with their national bone marrow registry. It's so hard to find matches for some of our patients. You could literally save a life. Younger adults, men and women who have never been pregnant are the best donor candidates. Um, Hmm. Since we're talking about not quite scams, (laughs) egg freezing. This is also an area where a commercialized part of the medical establishment is offering a legitimate service while simultaneously preying on the fears and insecurities of patients. Yes, you can probably tell I have feelings on this. Hmm. I have nothing against egg freezing in principle, but I've long felt that women were not being adequately informed about the risks and benefits. It's fine to freeze eggs if you have the means, but women should be informed that the, quote, take-home baby rate, even for the recommended two-cycle 40 eggs regimen, is likely fairly low. Exact data are lacking, but a recent study, one of the first, confirms this. You have a higher chance of taking home a baby than a woman who didn't freeze her eggs, but it's still not a super safe bet. Having eggs or even embryos in the freezer is being sold to women as some kind of insurance policy. It is not. Hearing it gave me peace of mind makes me want to tear my hair out. It should not give anyone peace of mind to have frozen eggs. If you absolutely cannot have a child right now and you want to give yourself the best shot in the future, go ahead and freeze, but do not delay childbearing for a career or other reasons on the assumption that egg or embryo freezing will give you a guaranteed kid later on. I'm glad this technology exists, especially for cancer patients for obvious reasons. We do try to have our teenage patients bank gametes before chemo. But I really, really worry about friends my age planning their lives and careers around egg freezing. If having eggs frozen is affecting the way you think about your childbearing plans, re-examine that now. Having kids during residency or fellowship is hard and having kids afterward is easier. But delaying and not having kids at all despite desperately wanting them is the hardest of all. Mm. Obviously, all this is easier said than done. In countries with robust social net systems, parental leave programs, affordable daycare, etc., this choice is less stark. We should absolutely be advocating for all of those things, especially in the U.S., I understand that egg freezing seems like an enticing solution, but I am afraid the lay population is wildly underestimating the risk of putting all their eggs in a frozen basket. I mean, womp womp. Yeah. I like the end there. I did too. Good button on the email. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Them some strong, strong words. Yeah. From someone who thinks a lot about it. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have anything to add or? No, I think this is like, I think we're starting to see that now the people who froze their eggs five, 10 years ago, starting to try to use them and, and they are seeing that the success rates are not great. That's an interesting question. I'm going to, is there, I'm going to put a frozen egg symbol. Is there anybody out there currently? 
doing IVF using frozen eggs. Well, our um, a letter that we read earlier in the show, she's using her frozen eggs from right with an IUI. No, IVF. Wait, what? I thought it was an IUI. You can't do IUI with frozen. That eggs. makes sense. Um, it was Aaron who didn't like how you had responded to. Right. She said that they did um, three unsuccessful rounds of 43 of IVF and, and they just, she just had her first transfer from eggs. She froze at 39. Oh, that's interesting. Aaron, obviously all I took away from your email was your critique of my laughter. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I mean, I think... Are there successes out there that are listening to the show? Well, I That's think one thing question. that I have been reading more and more is that, like, they have kind of... They've not really articulated the low success rate, particularly for women, like, over 35. And that if you're going to freeze your eggs, mm-hmm. you should do it, like, as young as possible. Right. So, it's just, I think... The takeaway is that someone who freezes their eggs at like 38, like, yes, you could still have a baby from that, but it's, it's not a, it's not a guarantee and don't go into everything thinking, well, I I have these eggs. I'll definitely be able to have like three kids from them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So. Interesting. All right. Uh, on a completely different note, Hillary writes, longtime listener, first time emailer here. Just had a quick question about sleep sacks. My 18 month old is a big boy, always has been, was 11 pounds, 10 ounces at birth, and he's outgrowing his sleep sacks. I think he's in the biggest size of the types we currently have. So I was just wondering what kind you use with Henry and where you got them. Thanks so much. Hillary living in 1,310 square feet in Cranston, Rhode Island. With a science almost five-year-old, a science 18-month-old, a husband, and a large 10-year-old bunny. <laughs> Zero hot dogs this year, one TV in the living room, about 50 inches. Can I see the time? Can sure. Another screen, maybe? No, I can't because of this. But okay. What do you need, the actual time? 3.42. Well, no, no, I have the actual time. I just don't know what the running time is because you have it covered. Well, you also I have to email out. I'm looking at the show. Okay. You usually My have goodness. it. You usually have it on the other screen. Yeah, I'm usually not in the middle. You didn't usually don't give me only ten minute warning to get the podcast up and running over here. Well, I was like letting you do your thing. You had a headache. Yep. Relax. And then the and then she's like, in. and then she's like, ten minutes. Yep. I'm like, okay. Well, you could have said no. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Yes, you that could. That wouldn't be nice. What? Okay. All right. Um. Okay. Uh, well, we use Wolino sleep sacks, which are shockingly expensive, which is why we only have one <laughs> that actually fits him right now. Um, I would like to get another one, but I'm, they usually, they have like 20% off sales, not that infrequently. So I'm waiting for one of those to get another one. Um, but they just, they had always made ones for up to ages, I think they, it's a two to four. And they just came out with a big kid sleep sack, which is for ages four to six. And it's like enormous. Mm. So I would get Willie. You know, sometimes you can find them secondhand, um, but they make, they make very large sleep sacks. They're sturdy too. They are sturdy. They're real solid. Um, all right. 
another gear question. I got a text. Hello there. Overwhelmed by stroller options. Mm. You went with an up a baby, right? Knowing everything you know now, is there another stroller you wish you would have purchased or at least considered more strongly? Do you think the up a baby was worth the price? Thank you in advance. I mean, we're dealing with the ship of Theseus with that up a baby stroller. Every part's been replaced. There's nothing original left in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it was only worth the price in the sense that like it had a good warranty. Well, it was still under warranty because we had to replace the frame, the entire frame twice because it broke twice. So once in transit in a flight and then another no, time. that's not when it broke. That's not when it broke. When we got to Brooklyn and I opened up the bag, there was a piece missing. Do you not remember? Yes, this? I remember that. But that you fixed that. Do you not count that as broken? Mm-mm. It broke because we didn't have to replace anything that time. Yeah, because I could fix it. Yes. But normal people. Were okay, so then it broke three times. And two of those times we had to have them send us a brand new frame. Yeah. So like. Which they did. Which they did because it was still under warranty. The second time it was like two weeks away from being out of warranty, which would have been really annoying. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I my personal opinion is that that should not happen <laughs> with a very expensive stroller. Um, I know people really like the Bob jogging stroller. So that maybe that would have been one that I would have looked at. Um, Nuna now makes strollers. They didn't make them when Henry was born. I probably would have looked at those. Um I think there's another one called like the mockingbird that people like now there's like more strollers now than there were when henry was born so it's like a new stroller world well world. we liked it i mean we liked the, the apple baby because it was like the car seat transferred into the stroller frame yes but the annoying thing about the upper baby system is it's a closed system so like you couldn't use the up a baby infant seat on any other stroller. Right. Whereas like most other stroller systems are like backwards compatible. Mm. And in fact, you can use other seats on the up a baby system with a converter. You just can't use the up a baby seat on any other system. <laughs> it doesn't work. So I don't know. Did that help you at all? Just some thoughts. Um, I mean, it helped me. <laughs> no, no. I was talking to the, you know, the writer of the email oh yeah um did your information help you at all dory <laughs> um all right we're just gonna read um one more message from anonymous hi dory matt are you guys seriously thinking about moving to vermont or maine hmm um and if so what are your criteria my family lives in tennessee we moved here a few years back for my husband's work we were thinking of moving back to the new york to the northeast unfortunately my husband has cancer and we want to move to a state with legalized euthanasia jesus we are currently considering new jersey vermont and maine we would like to move to a decent city population of around 500k maybe with access to good cancer clinics such hospitals waldorf-like schools kid-friendly beautiful nature cosmopolitan community a great farmer's market. Both my husband and I work from home. If any of your listeners have any advice, please help. I love our easy life in Tennessee, but we really need to get out of the red state. I do not want my kids to hunt deer for fun. Well, then I would keep them out of Vermont. <laughs> You're going to hunt deer in Vermont as well. Um, but that said, I feel like you can find a lot of 
that criteria in Vermont, Maine, and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. For sure. And if you want, like, the state that you're guaranteed to stay pretty blue is Vermont. I feel like Maine and yeah. New Jersey will can flip. Yeah, although Vermont has a Republican governor. Yeah, like a balance, you know. Yeah, in the in the Charlie Baker of Massachusetts kind yeah. of mold. Um Yeah. I don't I don't know. Are we seriously thinking about moving to Vermont or Maine? We think about it. I would like to like own property there. I don't know if I want to like live there. Dory wants some acreage. She just wants some land. I want some land. To homestead. Yep. All right. Well, if any listeners have feedback on that, please let us know. A reminder that you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month. That's at Patreon. Actually, well, now six because we're still doing the Great British Bake Off recaps weekly. The most recent Custard one week. is up. Custard week. A lot of controversy. No. Patreon.com slash Excellent Adventure. Uh, you also get your name read on the podcast each month. At the $5 level or above. Thank you. Thanks for supporting us, the following folks. Virginia McFeely. Whitney Hoffman. Anonymous. Aubrey Joannes. Uh, Aurora and Zelda. Ainsley. CJ. Crescent Martin. Danielle Nuchaforo. Deanna McLean. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth Brandt. Elizabeth Kay. Elizabeth Kamani. Emily Harden. Freya. Heather. Heidi Phelps. Jane Ennis. Jen Brennan. Jesse Labati. Justine Adamek. Katie Davenport. Kiara Holt. Kendra Skrydog. Skridlack. That's much better sounding. Laura Bennett. Laura Madge. Lauren Cephalo. Lisa Bove. Liz P. Lydia. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Foss. Martha Miller. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Maude Tremblay. Melanie Braunbeck. Michelle Saum. Nicola Hill. Nicola Skinmore. Pamela Carpenter. Pat. Macheski. There you go. Phoebe Boone. Rachel Kuzma. Rachel O'Connell. Rob Bean. Samantha. Shauna Mandel. Steph Goralnik. Susanna Perez. Wendy Fick. And Zoe Lawrence. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Some new names the- there. I bet you're just listening to baking. Uh, stay safe on Halloween. Yes, stay safe. And uh, I mean, look, it's the chances of a razor blade actually being in somebody's candy is very low. It's true. But, you know, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>